Chamber, how are you doing? I am holding up. How about you, David? I'm doing good. Thanks for joining the podcast once again. Yeah, it's always super fun. Like, I just love, I feel like just us being previous foster kids, like we have a lot in common, but also we just, we always cut it up. We, so. we definitely connect. <laughs> we have a, a good connection. And ever since the, the first episode, yeah. um, it's kind of crazy to, to think that the things that you are currently going through have been going on since then. Before that, because like we would have met when I was in the fitness industry, which that was the beginning of tw actually, no. Yeah, we would have met right around when it started. Yeah, that's wild. Two, two and a half years ago. It's and been a long, long two and a half years. I could imagine um, I, for, for, I guess, the audience who is listening and might not know the history and uh, the things that are currently going on. Can you please walk us through that? Whew, it's a long story. Where do I begin? <laughs> we have time. I just um, want to note that we have 18 people watching this right all now. All right. Well, I honor all 18 of you for being here. And really, um, so many of you have been supportive and um, resharing what's happening. And I just, I feel really humble. And I'm going to really try to make it through this podcast, David, without crying. I cannot guarantee because this is a very emotional story what we're going to unpack today. Um, but from the beginning, um, basically I am, I'm one of 18 kids and, um, grew up in just a super great home. Um, a beautiful, beautiful home. My dad was an engineer and architect, so he designed like all of it. It looks like Bravo's, the wow. Italian restaurant. It's gorgeous. Um, beautiful home. We had great opportunities. Oh my word. We traveled around the United States. Um, I've gotten to meet celebrities because of my parents. Great home, right? And um, fast forward to um, the summer of 2021, so two and a half years ago, and um, I get a call. Um, I was out and about. I get a call about 10 p.m. You need to get to the house right now. CPS is at your parents' house. And so I'm like in shock. And there was a rumor that CPS had been called. It's been called a few times over the years because let's just be honest, having 18 kids looks kind of quirky. Let's just be, <laughs> I'll, I'll admit that, right? We could look quirky. Um, so whatever. But this was like legit. We never had CPS actually show up, especially at like 9, 10 p.m. That's kind of weird, right? So um, I drive to my parents. Um, this was with my uh, my ex-husband show up and there's oh my word i the the night is foggy but I, if i remember correctly there's numerous police cars there's cps and dhs workers there i think there's an investigator and when i get there they had already been there for a time so by the time i get there i see my younger siblings who i have five younger than 18 they're in a group with a police officer and then my parents are like told to remain like do not move and i'm like what's going on and my parents look calm but it's just shock right and I'm seeing police come in and out of the house and they they were, I mean, raiding it, right? They were moving items. And um, I, yeah, it, that that's kind of what began this nightmare. What was the what was the reason for them being there? So um, there was um, a couple a, a person who had called in for something that um, I, I can say confidently as um, a witness that was falsified um, calls in and said that my parents were abusive and um, paired up with um, one of my siblings. And what do you um, mean a witness that was falsified? Okay. Um, 
So they said that they experienced something from my parents and then the Browns. So the Browns are my in-laws. Uh, the Browns were our next door neighbor. We did everything together from church, vacations, whatever. Um, they said uh, that they were physically grabbed. Uh, did not happen. There was numerous witnesses that were present. Um, and then that they were also saying that they were going to report and say that my parents were um, psychologically abusing us. Now, at this time, the Browns weren't really wrapped up in this. Um, the Browns got wrapped up because we're super close to them. We did everything with them. But also um, with the Browns, we actually were helping um, with one of their younger daughters. She is just lovely, but she had experienced some trauma prior to her adoption. And so we were helping them out. So she'd often stay with my family. And so as you've probably seen in the news and articles, they're saying that um, the Browns, Joel and Tammy Brown, uh, teamed up with Tam Allen, Jerry Flurry, my parents, uh, to abuse all of us kids because my parents adopted 16 of us. Uh, so there's 18, two biological, 16 adopted. And then the Browns, uh, there's 11 of them. Um, I think it's eight of which that are adopted. That number might be incorrect, but that's pretty close. Um, and so, yeah. Why would they say that it's a giant scheme that you guys, <laughs> like your families colluded together to adopt these children scheme to together. just abuse them and collect money? Yeah. So um, basically, I want to make sure we're looking at comments here too. Hey, Ashley. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, Joel Brown was a CPS worker, uh, I think since early 2000s. And um, therefore, he has the the professional knowledge on how to raise kids, right? And so the accusation is, the assumption is that he, with all of his knowledge, was allowing for abuse to take place um, while with this knowledge so he's able to like hide it um and then also they said that we were what was his role at dhs can you say i'm not entirely sure i just know it was cps um, okay. i think it's very good years um i mean since this started he lost his job um which is catastrophic right raising all that those kids and then you lose your job because this starts um and yeah that's just the tip of the iceberg it's it's been a huge nightmare um what we've had to undergo with this case starting is just horrific. Um, especially as a kid, like me and my other siblings have discussed, it's crazy to see the events unfold. Um, and, but like, it's like conflicting. Cause we're like, what in the world? Like we hear that some of the accusations and it's like, our parents were outstanding. I mean, we had the best education um, when we were, pulled out of public school we had private tutors like if i'm like hey mom i'm struggling with math we're gonna give you a private tutor how old are you when you were pulled out of school what grade well so we varied so i was adopted at seven so i was like preschool whatever before then um we did some homeschooling for a few years and then i was public school middle school and then i did private school um for my high school years oh okay so um still with like professional teachers or whatever um and yeah, the just best education, the best clothes, the best food. We were oh, people would always joke they come over to the Flory's house, and it's like it's never the same meal twice. Like we're always making like good food, um, and so these accusations, it's really like 
I want to say laughable, but it's not laughable. But that's how crazy some of these accusations have been that my parents, if you've kept up with like the news and the articles, is that my parents basically kept us locked up in a house that we could never leave. And they used homeschooling as a guise to abuse us, Mm -hmm. both physically and emotionally and psychologically. I think that's the accusation. What were the what were the accusations that made them uh, claim those things? I don't know. I don't actually know. I know. I I think it's a, a collaboration of things, but it's also hard to whittle through what is true, what's been falsified. Though I do, I do know there's a lot to falsified. What kind of information has been falsified? Ugh, I'm going to be really cautious because I, I want to make sure. Um, for example, if you look at the report, you will see there's alleged interviews that they had with me or a few of my other siblings where it's pages long. And I, me, myself personally, I had a 60-second interview with a CPS worker. That's the only bit of contact I have had with anyone in two and a half years. Now, you'll know if you watch the press conference on Monday that the attorney general said that this is being thoroughly investigated, that they've interviewed the kids. That's false. Um, because Nobody's been interviewed? There, there are a portion of us Floris, that have been interviewed, but the ones that are um, more vocal and are, or are firmly putting our foot down with these are accusations are, are false. We haven't been contacted. I haven't been contacted by a sheriff, by an investigator, by the attorney general, by a CPS worker since the initial day the kids were removed. And that initial day the kids were removed, I was asked two questions. Um, but somehow in my what the interview says I said, there's so much more dialogue that didn't take place. It was a 60-second conversation. What were the questions? I can't I can't answer that. Okay. okay. Um but I think why me and my siblings are getting a little passionate is that, um, well, let me paint the scenario. Our parents are being charged for things that they allegedly did to us, the victims. Okay. And there's stories circulating about what happened to us victims. And yet us victims, a large portion of us have never been interviewed. Or if we have, we didn't even really discuss that. How many have been interviewed? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know the exact I, number on I that. I think I seen something that they said that um they've interviewed some, but like out of yep. Out so of all it's the about children. half of us, Floris. But of the, even of the some of the kids that they have interviewed, um, some of them have said they're they're coaxing me to say things, or I didn't say that, or I don't want to even do this. I love my mom and dad. Um, I know, and this is this is on record. You could you could find this if you went to the police station is that one of my sisters actually um, ran away from her foster home, showed up at my parents' house, and um, they, they couldn't have contact with her because she's she's of the state, right? And so they're like, you have to stay outside. We just called the police, right? Oh. But she's there because she and she's yelling, you know, um, this isn't true. I love you. They're getting me to say things, right? And yet this is one of the alleged victims that they have said, you know, she she hates her parents and they cause so much trauma, and damage, and yet, if that was the case, why is she running away from her foster parent, who is now supposed to be a safe place, and going back to um, Jerry and Tama Flory? Right? That doesn't make sense. Um, and that she's not the only one. There's numerous ones that have been interviewed that now, um, you know, if, if you were to talk with them, they'd be like, "Yeah, I didn't say all that." What do you think the uh, motivation is behind all of this? 
Um, I feel like there's a lot. So again, if you've been keeping up with the news, um, something that they've been taglining in with the case the past couple of days is that all of this happened because we were homeschooled. Okay. And and they're trying to to push like we need more reform to to monitor those who are homeschooling. We need to monitor people who have adopted. We just need to monitor more, right? And I'm all about um, creating safe spaces for children. That's part of like my motto and why I'm I'm studying trauma right now is creating a safe place for people. You're to, getting your masters. I am yeah. getting my masters. Yes, um, but I'm all about that. But when you use um, a situation like this and you're falsifying details to to use it towards your own agenda, that's just disgusting. Um, so what they're saying in the articles and they're tying it back to homeschooling is all of this abuse, alleged abuse, is happening because they were homeschooled. Uh, uh, the attorney general said that. And I, again, I, I, um, I commented on her post. I just said this is false because um, there's a portion of us um, Flores and Browns that were barely even homeschooled, that went almost all of the years, maybe up until the last one or two years of high school, they were entirely public schooled. So to make that disgusting um, accusation that this all happened because they were all homeschooled is inaccurate. Um, and I would just, um, I would say, and I really encourage, and I have been encouraging people, and as I've talked to reporters, is I would like to see more eyes on this investigation. Um, I would like some more accountability I would like, um, you know, to say in a statement, even just like that, that this abuse happened because they were homeschooled. That's a pretty bold statement without double double checking your facts. And so, um, yeah, I would like to see more eyes. And, and you guys were also in pretty heavily involved at church, too, right? Oh, more than that. Yes, church. But we we grew up doing sports. We grew up doing uh, taekwondo. We did theater. There's um, we did homeschool performing arts, which is um, or not all of us, but a portion of us did. Homeschool performing arts was um, basically we would go once a week. We'd be there all day. And then show week, we're there all day, all week, right? And um, don't you think through the years of being there so frequently that some director, some teacher, some peer would be like, huh, this is weird, right? Because what the signs of abuse are normally pretty obvious. Normally it's their clothes are disheveled. They're coming, maybe there's visible bruises. Maybe they're, they they haven't showered in a couple of days. They maybe have lice. Maybe they're very um, introverted and they can't formulate sentences. Maybe they're not safe around someone of a particular gender. There's obvious signs of abuse. And um, I would just like, if there was truly abuse going on with that many kids spread all out in different activities, someone would have reported it. Doesn't yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So um, something else, and I, I'm going to keep referencing the press conference, I think, throughout this conversation, because that's that's been the buzzing uh, trend of Lansing, because that was a really big thing. Um, <clears throat> the attorney general mentioned that um, they reopened this case um, to further investigate it. And that um, originally, I think she said, and I could be wrong in the summer, but I'm pretty sure she said they only had uh, about six people on staff that were surrounding this case versus like another, I don't know if it was a district or a branch, had like 60 some people, right? Yeah. I felt like of her own admission, she admitted, we don't have enough people on this investigation. And I would agree with that. Let's bring in, whether that's maybe people from a different district, that's some state representatives and senators as a, a outside investigators. I don't know what it takes, but I felt like of her own admission, she admitted, we don't have enough eyes on this. Well, she said they had to reopen it. Um, 
And um, yeah, if you're going to open it and you're going to truly investigate it, then investigate it well. And I, I'd like to be contacted for an interview along with a few of my other siblings. <laughs> what, what was the reason for them dropping the charges back in April, correct? It was April. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I can't entirely speak to that matter. I know that my parents had an enormous amount of evidence. Um, they have a, amazing attorneys um, helping both the Flores and the Browns. And um, yeah, the, a, a lot of evidence. Um, One thing that the attorney general, I think I read in an article she had said was um, they were originally charged and then some of those charges didn't stick, but they found new charges that they were able to bring up on them. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. What, what charges were those? I don't have those memorized. Some of them, I felt like they were um, kind of the same thing as the original charges. They just said it a different way. Um, they did say that. Yeah. And and I think she noted, the attorney general noted this in the press conference that basically um, that they were still like it was never over, which that's not what you see when you go back to April of this year. The case was clearly dismissed, um, but they're making it seem like, oh, no, we just put it on pause. It was never dismissed. Yes, it was. It was dismissed. Um, and I believe and I can't speak super. I can't speak a lot to this matter because you're going to see in the next few days. But basically, um, they, they knew that my parents were gathering information. Um, and are are trying to go after them and i think there was some fear there and um that's about all i can say right now but we'll see in some further days definitely so um, they caught some wind of what was going on i believe so and they reopened the yeah. case the district or the uh, general that's that's my attorney. theory that's my theory so. this came out of nowhere yeah wow so what were the what was your thoughts how did you guys find out that this was reopened yes um i was at home doing homework because i'm a student and um i think my mom sent the press conference and um i was in shock right i like just total shock when so like oh yeah, that's right i was i was doing work in grand rapids and i live in holland now and i'm driving back home and i'm watching the press conference and um, yeah, I just started sobbing because anyone that knows the Flores or the Browns know that they were so um, committed and invested in their community. I can't even tell you how many people they have affected in this community, whether that's financially. There's been countless times I can remember the past. Um, I mean, I've been in the home since 2005, so almost 20 years that I've been in the home that I've seen my parents give financially. They've given their time. They, they'll drop what they're doing. Like if someone calls, hey, I need help with this. Uh, I need you to help me with this demolition on my house. Okay, they just drop their stuff and they go help them. Well, the, that could be um, like community service. Like we've done like soup kitchens. We've we've done like what, ring the bell at Christmas? Oh my goodness. We, we I've just seen my parents be so, so selfless. And so... Um, you know, hearing these charges again, it's like, are you for real? Like it, it, it's, it's laughable, honestly. And then again, if making these statements that they have really boldly without 
really double checking their facts. I say it, it's it's lazy investigation, um, but also it, it points to the underlining fact that there is definitely much more that meets the eye. It's so much more than this case. I think they're using this case to advance propaganda. I really do. Propaganda against homeschooling. Or agenda. I sh- or, yeah, yeah, both. Homeschooling, um, I feel like there's even a little bit um, biasness towards religion. Um, <clears throat> and... Um, because it's typically religious people that homeschool their children, right? Um, that's not entirely true because when COVID kicked up, a lot of people pulled their kids out and also the rise in shootings. You know how many people I run into that have pulled their kids out because it's statistically much safer to homeschool your kids than put them in school. Yeah. I know um, yesterday there was an interview with the one of the state reps and then I think it's a head like homeschooling association in michigan so they both were interviewed yesterday on um was it cbs news i believe and um the they were discussing how statistics show that the rise of like bullying and being um assaulted with a weapon in schools hasn't like it's inclined drastically like it's it's really sad like how now kids go to school and they're like oh i i hope there's not a shooter that shows up today right um i mean it's sad when my kids my kids are in school and my my daughter's eight my son is six and when they come home and tell me that they're doing uh school shooter drills mm. it's like oh my gosh like could you imagine like doing happening i never did that in school i never had to worry about that we did tornado drills yeah tornado drills (laughs) you hide under our yeah jazz you yeah yep yeah yeah it's a real fear and it's a it's a tremendous fear as a parent yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, pulling your kids out and homeschooling is definitely a viable thing when right. it comes to that. Also, st- st- statistics show <clears throat> that, um, and I'm not saying all, I, I want to say generally, or statistics show, um, that homeschoolers are are very intelligent and they make it very far. Like, I know numerous homeschoolers that have ended up in Ivy League schools. I know a one right now who is a professor at an Ivy League school. He was homeschooled. So, and I'm again, I don't want to speak for all their homeschooled because I can definitely attest. And we've heard, you know, horror stories that people who have said they're homeschooling their kids and they're not, right? And abuse does take place. Yeah. But and so I don't want to discredit that like every person that homeschools their kids, like leave them alone. No, I agree that, you know, in that regard, maybe there should be reform because there are people that can take advantage of the system 100 percent But in this case, Again, it goes back to my initial statement of this is a lazy investigation. And um, yeah, that's not, we have overwhelming evidence that this is not the case of taking advantage of the system. What do you think is going to happen? Your parents had to, your adopted parents had to turn themselves in. Uh, they have to turn themselves in by tomorrow, correct? So they had their hearing yesterday. Um, so they're out on bond. Um, and now it's just the waiting game. And the pulling together continually of our evidence and resources. Um, yeah, that's the, it's it's the waiting game for situations like this. You don't know when the next court date is until a certain time. Like it's just it's working together right now. My goal would be to get the word out, um, which is I'm so glad to even have this opportunity with you. Me, along with numerous Flory kids and Brown kids, we've been silent for two and a half years. Why? Because I feel like in a lot of ways. Yeah, you've been on the podcast twice since then with it like and the I haven't last told- two years and you've never <laughs> mentioned it once. <laughs> because we felt like we had a muzzle over our mouths. It's like our voices were taken away. And in some ways, it's re-triggering of the trauma we went through pre-adoption. Think about it. 
you, once a foster kid, you felt like you didn't have a voice, right? It's like whatever happened, happened. Like they're not listening to me, right? You feel that as a foster uh, kid and then you get adopted and you're in a safe place, right? But then CPS comes along and removes your kids, starts taking away. And then it's like, what in the world? What is this weird feeling? Oh, I feel re-victimized. And that's what a lot of us are feeling. We have no voice. We're being re-victimized through this. And it's like, no, I shouldn't feel like this. I'm going to be, oh, I'm 26 tomorrow. Oh, um, happy early Thank birthday. you. <laughs> um, being going to be 26 years old, I shouldn't feel like a child that I have no voice. No. And so this time around, now that they're coming again and we've been silent, it's almost like we've had a muzzle over our mouth. No more. We're not being muzzled. We're, we're going to fight. We're going to stand strong. We are, I mean, I've been reaching out along with dozens of other people. We've been reaching out to state reps, senators, uh, court advocates. We are uh, social media platforms, influencers, any person we can get this into. Um, we're trying to share this story. We're trying to get, again, more eyes on the situation. Am I saying every person wrapped up in the situation is bad? Absolutely not. I'm sure there's wonderful people in the law enforcement that have their eyes on this case. But there have been a few select people that are um, proving themselves maybe not trustworthy, um, maybe not doing their job adequately. Again, going back to this is lazy investigation, and I'd like to see this investigated in a, a more appropriate manner. Have you guys got, had any pushback as far as reach, like when you reach out to other news organizations or anybody with them wanting to cover the story? No, because this is the thing. I think because it's been two and a half years of silence, they were under the impression, the few reporters I've spoken to, they've been under the impression because of what the attorney general says or the, the Clinton County authorities have said that all of us are just so traumatized and we've now been rescued or, you know, however the articles have painted it. Um, and so when I have talked with reporters along with a few of my other siblings, they're baffled because the narrative has been, oh, my word, Jerry and Tam L. Flory and Joel and Tammy Brown were so abusive. Meanwhile, they're, um, I mean, too much. Actually, yeah, I'm, I can firmly say all the brown kids are, in, are advocates of their parents um, and about half of us Flurry kids are speaking out for my parents. That's a lot of people. How many kids? How many kids would be speaking out? Would you say for you? Ooh, I don't. I can't give an exact number. It's really hard because some of my siblings are in the foster care system. And I don't have any contact with them. So what happened? There was kids that are underage. They were Correct. removed from the home. Yes. So five of my siblings and um, they were adopted. No, they're in the foster care system. They've been in the foster care system for two and a half years. How long have they been placed? In, oh, they've been placed in in that home for two and a half years. They've, I think, I, I don't keep track of them and I haven't had contact with them in a while. But to my knowledge, I mean, normally when you end up in the foster care system, you bounce from home to home. Um, so, yeah, it's it's sad. So um, for those five minors, according to the charges that were just brought out as of um, yesterday, when my parents who read the charges in um, their hearing, um, they mentioned the five minors. But again, it at this point, it's it's like what's true and what's false. It's almost like you don't even know. Um, and so it's now the journey of dissecting and really looking into and pulling from our resources. I know um, we're strongly leaning into the ones that are like we are advocates of mom and dad to be like, okay, cool. Let's go through. Let's go through the narrative. Wait a second. You didn't say that. Well, that's in the report. Right. And just taking notes. Um, but then also just getting loud, getting loud. What, what is the purpose of lying? And, uh, I mean, cause if they, if they said that 
well, this child said this. Why? What is the reason for them to lie and say that they said that when they didn't? So, um, I mean, one can never truly know. Uh, I have a couple theories. My first theory is that this pushes the agenda of um, lock, just more like enforced um, restrictions on on homeschooling. Yeah. Um, on religious families, I, I think there was even something in one of the reports that said. Um, there was the psychological abuse because our parents made us go to church. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I remember hearing this about a year ago. Um, which my parents, I will, I will say right now, my parents didn't make us do. I mean, I remember you still practice religion. <laughs> you still. I gonna... love Jesus. Yes. <laughs> no, there was no forcing, and I remember even when we were teens, or you can kind of understand, right? Because as a kid, you don't really understand, but as a teen, my parents are like, "You have to make that choice. Like, we can't make you love Jesus, right?" Like if a parent's like, you have, like, you must, like, you can't eat till you love Jesus. Like that, that's abusive. Right. I understand. But my parents are always like, this is a choice you have to make. Like we can't make it for you. Whatever. Okay, cool. Um, and so, yeah, today I'm a professing Christian. Not all my siblings are and whatever. I still love them. My parents still love them. We get along. It's great. Um, but so that's theory number one, theory number two. Um, some of you might remember back in 2018, there was a lawsuit between um, St. Vincent and the ACLU. I don't know if this rings a bell, but basically the ACLU made an accusation or it was an accusation. They sued St. Vincent because St. Vincent um, does not finalize adoptions with um, LGBTQ community. Okay. They believe that it should be a man and woman. Okay. And they're a Christian based organization. Like I, I think that's their right. And there's DHS on the road. Cool. Whatever. But what ended up happening was the ACLU did a setup. It wasn't even a real couple trying to adopt. The ACLU set up that couple, and they ended up admitting that. So St. Vincent won that lawsuit. Now, when you look at that lawsuit, you go back. I was actually the face for that case. They brought me in on that case because I was adopted through St. Vincent, and I used to be a foster care advocate with St. Vincent. So they asked me to come in. I did. And um, who also was backing. So I was backing up with St. Vincent. Okay. And then who is the person backing up with ACLU? None other but the Attorney General, Dana Nessel. Whoa. Yes. So I think analyzing that, that's a huge factor. And I don't know if a lot of people have made that correlation, but it's something that makes you think she clearly knows who we are, right? And um, I, I so want to- it's a personal- Could be. Personal I don't want to make any- Assumptions. Assumptions, right? I don't know. I don't know the attorney general personally, and I have nothing to say other than I, I hope she's a great attorney general. I mean, she made it to the attorney general. She's got to have a great character to some degree, right? And great knowledge, right? Um, but it makes you wonder, like, huh, interesting. And that that was a what a three, four-year lawsuit. So that was a long, tedious lawsuit. And so it it does make you wonder. Again, I'm not saying anything, but um, it makes you wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's, I mean, I, I read uh, in the article, one of the articles, um, your family's attorney said he feels like it's a witch hunt. It does. And also, why would you, if if we, the Browns and Flores were truly abusive, why would you have to falsify stuff? So much stuff. There's so, so much evidence. One of the things that was brought up was that uh, the Browns or Mr. Brown uh, covered things up with his job. What What are they talking about? What specifically would he have covered up if you can speak on that or like how would he have done that? 
I don't know if there's anything in particular as much as just um, they're saying because of his job that he would be in the position to be able to do that or to tell if he saw abuse going on, but he didn't. Right. So naturally, he'd be the one covering up. Um, I so it's just speculation. There's speculate. There's lots of things that have been said through the past two and a half years. I know one of the funniest things is hilarious, especially if you know my parents. It's hilarious. So I remember when this case started, they kept saying, oh, the Flory boot camp, the Flory boot camp. <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? And what they were saying was the Browns or other people from like our church. Oh, yeah. They send their kids over to the Flory boot camp and Tamal Flory's the ringleader. I'm like, what? Like, what does that mean? Like, I grew up in that house. Like, what do you think? We're doing like push ups out in the yard, like staying up till midnight. And I'm like, I don't know what this is even supposed to mean. Um, and so there's things like that. And so when you paint that narrative, then it's like, well, Joel, you were the CPS worker you should have told. So that could be what they mean. I did want to backtrack, if I may, real quick. I want to bring clarity uh, to what I said, just for all who are listening. And I really want to honor everyone who's listening. Um, the the court case that I mentioned originally from 2018. Um, I just want to say I have love for everyone. And looking back uh, when I was brought in on that court case, that was, a, I mean, I was young. I mean, shoot. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was like, what, 20, 19? Um, that, that was really difficult. Um, and I just want to say that I don't have any uh, hate or vendetta against people of the LGBTQ community. I have nothing but love. Uh, I just think as a former foster, um, if a former foster child, that for me personally, my story was to have, um, you know, a man and a wife was comforting. Um, I was, I'm a victim of sexual abuse. And so I can't even imagine, I, I had a huge fear of men. I don't know. So we're good. We're good right now, David, <laughs> but I had a huge fear of men. Okay. And so I look back to when I was originally removed, that would have been like so horrific if I had been with two men because I had such fear, right? And so to me, my personal opinion um, is a man and woman because I think they have different jobs. But I say that to say, it's not because I'm like, I don't like you. I have nothing but love. And anyone who knows me knows I stand by this. I'll give you a big hug. I'll, let's go out for coffee, right? I, <laughs> so I just wanted to, I wanted to say that real quick, but. I appreciate that. Um, where are we going with that? I don't remember. Um, yeah, somebody said how many is half. Seems like they're pushing agendas agreed and an agenda against foster care and adoption. Hmm. I wonder what agenda they would be pushing with foster care. Uh, I mean, so I think what I've been seeing based off of what's been being posted the past few days is that, um, okay. Oh, here's one. So they said in the press, I really want to go down this route. They said in the press conference that both families, the Browns and the Flores, have been subsidized uh, over a million dollars. Yeah. Okay. And that happens if you're familiar with foster care, you get a subsidy per child, but every child's different. It's based off the trauma they've been through or what uh, doctor has assessed them. Like, oh, they're like a level three. They really need attention. We're going to give them more for this child, but less for this one. Okay. So, um, they when you go through what that is, i'm sorry what is the process do you know what the process is for that can you just go to in get there? So, ooh, do you just go in there know. and say like this child is a level three or do no you have have so there there's actual things you have to go through so i remember when i was uh, removed from my biological mother 
that I remember I saw like a speech therapist. I saw a counselor. I think I saw just a regular doctor, like a physician, um, because they're assessing like, oh, okay. Oh, does they have ADHD? Okay. She is, um, you know, split personality, right? They're assessing. Okay. She really struggles. She's screaming every time she is in dark. You know what I'm saying? They're mm-hmm. assessing medications, blah, 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 blah. And there's probably more to that. And I'm not the most knowledgeable in that, in that right. arena. So don't quote me, but it's something like that. Um, and so then what they do, they assign what the subsidy is and it changes as you get older, it might, it's going to lessen. And then I think it's when you hit 18 that it ceases. Okay. So let's just, let's go with this a million dollars. Let's just, let's go a million. We can even say 2 million. Why not? (laughs) So let's just say my family was given 2 million over the course. They said of 20 years, I think they said 20 years, 2 million. Okay. So with 18 kids my parents have documentation of say what they spent for groceries. I believe we roughly spent $3,000 a month on groceries, 20 people in total. Plus we always had friends over in the summer. That's more than I make in a month. (laughs) That's a lot of money. I don't know how my parents did it. So you just do that strictly groceries. That's almost $40,000 a year. Okay. And that doesn't include going out to eat. We went to the movie theaters, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Just $40,000. That's just food. Okay. And then you, you weed into that, especially as we started to get older, all the cars, I mean, cars aren't cheap, right? You're not getting free cars or anywhere from, you know, three to eight grand, mm-hmm. right? Per car. My parents bought all of us our first car. After that, they were like, you're kind of on your own. <laughs> Although my brother, they helped him get a couple cars. How he, selfish of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Gosh. Um, cars, right? We had the best clothes. Oh my word. We were always dressed to the nines. Like my mom always made sure we were dressed nice. Um, and, great food, private tutors. Oh, private tutors are not cheap. I remember for the private school we were going to, I want to say it was $10,000 per person to attend. Yeah. Yeah. That adds up 10,000 per year. We were in private school numerous years. Okay. Braces. I believe my mom did the numbers the other day. I think that was around 30, $40,000 cash for braces. Wasn't covered. So when you start to do the math, it adds up real quick to, to heat that house. We lived in a huge house. Vacations vacations aren't cheap we'd stay in a huge mansion to house us and we'd go with friends in a huge I, we stayed at one house i believe it was three four level hilton head island i'll just throw that out there because that's how great my parents were um hilton head island we'd be there for seven ten days oh that's not cheap that's not cheap so um yeah to, to throw out that my parents use this million dollars that the attorney general said for personal gain. Where's their personal gain? I hardly ever saw my parents buy stuff for themselves or personal gain. Even their dates, their dates were somebody like, we went to Menards. Woo, that's a spicy day right there. I, I, I like those kind of dates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now as an adult, I like Menards. I like Menards. But as a kid, I was like, that's weird, right? But that, again, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, how selfless my parents were. They went to Menards and then like, I went to like the Applebee's. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're going to get a, $200 stake in Detroit. No way. No way. So to again, to say they're using it for their gain, show me. Show me the facts. If you're going to say something so bold as that, show me. Somebody said, uh, wouldn't the investigators have to have evidence to charge them? Is there some substance or substance to some of the charges? Ooh, I'm going to go down like a, a psychological counselor route because that's kind of what I'm studying right now. So there, I would say a good half of my siblings have been through awful, awful trauma, sexual trauma, physical trauma, neglect, um, malnourished. Um, 
And some of them we adopted a little bit older. I know we had a couple, I believe, adult adoptions. So, right, you go your whole life in trauma and then you get adopted. That's confusing, right? And what happens is, and if you're familiar with trauma and how it works, is literally the front part of your brain, it gets re like fresh neural way, like it's it's all reconstructed. Mm -hmm. And so when you undergo trauma, and you understand this, having been through the system, sometimes you shut down, you forget, you can't even formulate sentences. Two minutes ago, you could, but all of a sudden something triggered you. You're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Or sometimes people have been through trauma. They're great storytellers. They like mm -hmm. to stir up chaos. Why? Well, when you are born in chaos and then you start to grow up and you're around chaos, it come, becomes comfortable, right? And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a comfortable situation. What do you do? Fight or flight. You freak out, right? That's why we often see people that go to toxic relationships and they go to toxic relationship. Yet they're saying, I'll never get with someone like my dad because he was a abuser. But what do they do? They end up with a toxic boyfriend and then another toxic boyfriend. And they can't break out of that cycle because that's so familiar to them, right? It takes healing. So with some of my siblings, I don't want to speak on behalf of all because there are definitely siblings of mine that have had ample healing and I love them so much. I love all my siblings and I, I want the absolute best for each and every one of them. But some of my siblings um, now studying trauma myself, I see didn't get that healing. Maybe they didn't want to get that healing. Um, there was that fight or flight, especially if they're adopted older. Like, how can I trust this new mom and dad? How can no way, right? And so with that, stirring up the trauma, they love it. It's comfortable. I can think of a couple siblings that even be long, long before this court case started, they were known for storytelling. They would go to like, I remember I have a sibling and she went to my parents, like pastors and some of their close friends. And she said some stuff and it was like weird, weird, crazy stuff. And then they would go to my parents and they're like, what? Like she said that? And then they're like, yeah, it didn't seem, it seemed really crazy, but we just wanted to tell you she's telling people this. It's totally not true. But again, hurt people, they hurt people. Now healed people, they heal people, right? But if you don't have that healing, that's all you know how to do. So in regards to uh, Katie, it looks like you asked that question. No, it was. Uh, oh, Storm. Yes. Yeah, I see you, Storm. So. Yeah, I, I, I would say that, um, you know, you, some of my siblings have said some things out of trauma. They've said some things. Oh, this is another thing I was going to say, too. And I don't know if you can test. So jump in, David. Right. When you've been through trauma, although you seem very normal to me. So maybe you've gone healing and you can you can <laughs> like because some people they don't they just don't they don't know how to get their healing. But sometimes when you've been through trauma, the way you see reality is much different than the actual reality. For example. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I hurt myself and it was like very minor. But to me, I'm like, oh, this is awful. I need medication. I need to lay down. Yeah. I need an ice back. Like the world is ending. And my mom's like, you're fine. <laughs> but because you've been through trauma, everything is amplified. Everything. It's like almost like sometimes it's like reliving or, or reliving trauma or something triggered what you'd gone through previously. It could be 10 years later and you can still that reality looks so daunting. And so I think um, in addition to what I said about the trauma not being dealt with with some of my siblings, I think some of them saw my parents who they were strict. Why? Because there was 18 of us. Can you imagine if they weren't strict? Like, and the house would be a disaster. Thank God for my mom. She always had a rule. It was NOF, nothing on the floor <laughs> because it would have been a disaster, but she was strict. And so I think some of them are like process that maybe as abuse. And I look back and I'm like, my parents had to be, it just would have been chaotic. So do you know what some of the things are saying? What, like what 
was done that they had done that's considered abuse? I'm not going to speak on behalf of my siblings, but I can say something that one of the reports say about me that that I never said. Um, they are saying that me personally, that I was beaten so bad by my parents that I had bruises from my neck down to my ankles and I couldn't sit for two weeks. And my response is one, where did you hear this? Because again, I've only had a 60, maybe 120 second interview with a CPS worker two and a half years ago and had nothing to do with asking me anything along those lines, but two, that never happened. My mom was my best friend. Like, and no, I, I want to clarify, that's not a trauma bond. I know what a trauma bond looks like. It's not a trauma. My mom is like literally like incredible. Like she's been there when I'm weeping on the ground and she's put me back up and like we can make it through. She's been there traveling with me around the country. Like my mom is incredible. It's not a trauma bond. But um, with this story, one, it didn't happen. And uh, two, it's just falsified details. But they're running with that. So I think that actually that story was told by a sibling i'm like that that is broken and i'm like why are you telling a story about it's not even about you you're about i'm like this didn't happen i i would remember that trust me it did not happen so they're taking something that was said by somebody else as fact and said that it was mm -hmm. said by you mm -hmm. yeah yep yep yeah mm -hmm. so and that that's that's a lot that's happening a lot uh by a couple um couple of people i'll say don't um, you think that they know that there's going to be holes poked in their story you would think you think they just come and ask me straight up but i think this goes back to my original first theory that there is much more that meets the eye and that this case is going to help them in some way other than just we're helping poor abuse kids that's my, i really believe that and i stand by that and if not then prove me otherwise whoever's watching that maybe is caught up in this prove me otherwise Interv interview some of me and my siblings that you're um, using our alleged stories that didn't happen. So Katie said, sounds like parents, your parents were trying to help you live your best life. They were. They, um, on, I lived, I lived a great life, man. Such a good life. Like, weren't you on like a, a show, like some sort of musical show? Oh gosh. I've done so much, so much the years. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been there. I used to was it like the voice or something. Oh yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So I got to skip around um i didn't actually make it to like tv um and again that was my mom i there's so many things for the years that i was like i don't want to do this my mom's like this will be good for you and that was one of those things that i was like no like i don't want to do this and my mom was like just go for it and um yep i got called i got contacted to be on um the voice skipped around and what happened was i was so sick the day of the audition i was so i had a fever Oh my gosh, my voice was gone. I sounded like people kept saying, like, oh, you sound kind of like Pink or Rihanna. I was like, no, I can't sing. I even flew in a musician from New York to help me, to accompany me. Oh, I took it very seriously. And I get there, and the producer, I don't know if he's still the producer, he's like, hey, I'm the one that asked you to come here. And I was like, I know exactly who you are. And um, I sang, and he's like, I can tell you're sick. And he's like, I can't pass you through because I can't quite tell what your voice sounds like, but you can do it again. I didn't end up doing it because whatever whatever it was just a great opportunity but yes shout out to my mom for that one because i never would have done that without her support wow that's awesome so uh storm said, well katie said uh, with evidence it can be hearsay to start a court case especially when there's minors involved and then storm said it may be the start of an investigation not press charges 
you would have to have ample evidence. I'm sorry, I can't see, so it's hard for me to read. Yeah, I uh, see, especially to... going through state courts. Yeah. And then Storm said, did all the kids live their best lives? Yeah, so we we keep joking <laughs> the past two and a half years. In America, it's supposed to be you're innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. But this just feels like we're guilty until proven innocent. And honestly, it's not even just us. There's so many people um, really that I've seen look now that you're it's like when you're in the middle of a case you start to see who else has a similar case around the nation right yeah and there's tons of stories through the years and it's the same thing that people will feel like man i feel like i'm i'm being treated like i'm guilty until proven innocent um and yeah it, it, i i don't know how else to explain it other than um you know when you paint a picture and you get the right media it looks really bad what is, what is it what are i mean i know you probably can't speak on the other family um on their behalf i can a little bit can you okay so what are some of the things that are being said about them what so are it's some all the... intertwined remember so the tagline that the attorney general used is that the the browns and the flory scheme together yeah to adopt kids and abuse them so it's all it's all now they all have different varying charge i mean they they all four of them both couples have some of the same charges and then some of them have different like i've seen that um everybody was charged with first degree ch uh, child abuse correct which could be life in prison yeah yeah that's scary yes it is so um i think it's even scarier when you think about it that people can play with people's lives like that and um Again, going back to the falsification, um, these are lives. And th that's, I I mean, I think it's a good thing that you, like, kind of, it, I like, I felt the, the room shift. Like, that is a scary thing um, to think, you know, my parents and my in-laws facing prison for life. And, um, yeah, I just think how could anyone do that to incredible parents um, and for those of us who are just trying to get this word out, it, like I mentioned earlier, it's like getting traumatized all over again. It's like we're removed, put in a safe family, and now you're you're telling me like you're going to take my parents away again. It's traumatic. Um, and yeah, I really hope that the people who are investigating really think about that, right? This is not a mat. It's not a light matter, right? It's not like you're grounded to your room. Like this is serious. Um, and that's why we've really been pushing the more eyes on this as possible. Um, and if there is some corruption and I'm not pointing fingers at anyone in particular, cause I, I don't know, um, if there are corrupt authorities, I, I really hope that you're caught and not even for, for the sake of my parents, who knows how many times this has happened to other people, right? I can't imagine, um, you know, like, it's like. Um, someone who wakes up and and chooses to go murder someone. They didn't just wake up. Like normally there was something that led up to it. Normally they started to decline, right? So with this case, it's like, I can't imagine that this is the first time this has happened to someone. And I would want not just for my parents, but I want for future people to be handled in a um, justly way, in a kind way, because I can also say that um, it's not been so kind uh, how they've treated, like I don't, I'll say this because I don't know how many people know this, but um, back in 2021, I want to say this was fall, it was fall time. And um, oh, I just like reliving trauma. So um, 
we had heard that my parents might be arrested and put in jail. And um, this was back when I was with my first husband. And um, I'm like gearing up for it, but we we're about ready to leave the state. We we're going to go to Arkansas. And my parents were like, just so you know, this might happen. And I'm like, okay. But I'm thinking in the back of my mind, it's not going to happen. Like my parents are great. Like why would they get arrested? And this was after the kids were removed. This is after the court case had been starting for a few months. So we're on the road. They call us. They're like, hey, we got wind. I don't know if it was from their attorney or someone um, that we think we're going to get arrested today or tomorrow. Just be prepared. We're in a different state. You know how helpless I felt <laughs> as a daughter. I'm like, I must be like, let's turn around. But I'm like, we have to go. Like, this is already all paid for. And then we get a call the next day. I think it was from my husband's mom, Tammy, Tammy Brown, that said, like, hey, your parents were arrested. And just I couldn't even enjoy my trip, but it, it was just so traumatic. And um, I'll say and I can't point fingers again at anyone in particular, but even how they were treated in um, in jail was awful. They were rude. How, how much they feed people in there. I don't know if anyone's been to jail that's listening to this, but it's it's tough in there. Like short rations. They're rude. I, you know, I'm just and maybe I'm TMI, but I'm just being real right now. They didn't get my mom undergarments. Like there were so many things that were wrong. Um, they didn't explain how it works. So like they didn't have money put on their accounts. I don't know. I've never, we didn't, we've never had someone go to jail. We don't even know what to do. How long were they in jail that time? 10 days, 10 days. And I remember one of their, um, one of their like court hearings or whatever was when they're in jail. And so they did it zoom. And I remember I'm sitting there and, um, I just remember seeing them on the screen and they're, they're in an orange jumpsuit and they're handcuffed. And I'm like, what is happening right um and no kids should ever have to see that and um i'm just watching them and i can already tell them, like oh my gosh i can tell through the camera they've lost weight and um yeah it's just an awful thing that no one should ever have to experience and um yeah i'm just thankful that they're out and bought right now so what do you think is going to come of this um well hopefully justice <laughs> um i mean there are some things in the works that i can't speak to um but there are definitely some things in the works that hopefully will be coming out and um, being dealt with in future days um yeah I, I mean i guess moving forward what's kind of next it's like i said earlier it's the waiting game you know it's just kind of waiting from court hearing to court hearing it's gathering evidence. It's working with people. It's gathering resources. It's it's people like you that are are sharing the news and sharing this podcast and sharing interviews and um, really pushing um, the things that us kids are saying because us kids are starting to speak out. I know some of the brown kids will be speaking out as well. Some of them are scared to speak out, right? Because it's been a traumatic two and a half well, years. You had kind of mentioned some of the backlash you've experienced as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not just it's not just the the fact that they're under the scrutiny of um, law enforcement un under the media. It's the fact that people are attacking them as well. And you. Oh yeah. Correct. Well, yeah. And it's like, I almost can't even be angry because I've had a lot since Monday, a lot of angry people that have reached out and saying like, how could I, you know, support my parents as an adult or they're like these poor kids and these awful parents. And from an outsider looking in, I, I can understand. Right. But also at the same time, it's like, check your facts right it's the media always 
and I shouldn't say always, sorry, the media can paint a picture that looks really daunting. Well, right. Well, for one, uh, clickbaity things sell. Oh, yeah. Then, we know that. And then on top of it, they're only reporting what they're being told, of which course. is which is a problem. They don't have the time to look into all the facts. Right. And so then when we're being told, don't talk to the press, don't right? They're only getting one side. Right. Right. So I can't even blame the media. I really can't. Um, so now that we are being open and the media is now presenting two, but everyone's been hearing the one side for two and a half years, it's going to be hard to believe maybe what I'm saying or what my brothers are saying or sisters, because they're like, well, where have you been for two and a half years? Well, we, we didn't, we couldn't talk. And so, um, my hope would be through this podcast and other interviews with reporters and news stations, and hopefully on more Christian platforms and wherever, wherever platform, I don't even care where it goes, um, is I want the people to hear this, like our side of the story because there's always two sides to the story. And the the interesting thing that I would know is um, if you think about it, um, the police and the, the attorney general and the investigators or whoever is all involved in this, they've only known, really known, and I don't even say they'd know, known of my parents for two and a half years. I'm, we've all known them for decades and we grew up in that house. And not only do we know them so intimately, the claims are being made about us and we're saying they're false, right? So there's we're there's a there's a hole somewhere. What something's not right. Now you had mentioned before the podcast that you're putting together a petition. Um, when do you think that will be? I don't know. It there there's a lot of there's some pieces um, that I gotta I gotta work on. This is this is all new, yeah. but definitely stay stay on the lookout because is there um, anything that the general public can do to help? <sighs> Honestly, so if you follow me, um, I mean, we're getting a lot more traction on Instagram. Um, I'm shamber.rain on Instagram. So if you follow me there and you just, you share my main stuff that I've been putting on there. Um, you share that. You, um, you use the hashtag justice for the Flores and Browns. Um, and then you just, you send it to people, you know, but also if you have any connections, like I've had a couple people send it to reporters. I've had a couple people contact state reps and senators for me that they know personally. Um, if you do then contact them, you're amazing. Um, yeah. If you know people who have like a really big following on their, their website or their new, whatever, the, we got to get into those people's hands because again, the world's been hearing from one side and it's going to take, it's going to take a community a group of people to to push this story forward and the more traction we can get the world we hear i mean i want this to go i want this to go nationally i, I want not this is so much more than just the browns and flurries i i don't want this ever to happen to anyone else again but i also want um the world to know we have a voice that we won't be silenced i love it Shamber, I'm really sorry for everything you're going through. And I'm sorry for the trauma that this is, you know, creating for all of you guys. Um, if there's anything that we can do, please let us know. Thank you so much for having me on here. And thank you for everyone that's been watching. I honor all of you so, so much. I value you. Remember, go follow me, Shamber.Rain, and get Sharon. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Shamber. Thanks for doing this. And thanks, everybody, for watching.